It's interesting that I've been experiencing a new layer of an awakening process recently, even before COVID-19 came about. I'm so thankful for all things new, because that means I'm not sitting in the same spot for eternity. Many people are fretting about the isolation and loneliness they are feeling due to the new social distancing guidelines, but for me personally, this is something I've felt my entire life. It's nothing new to me being adopted and feeling isolated and alone. I've adapted to that feeling way back to my early childhood, but I sympathize for all those who are experiencing this for the, the first time. I've made the choice to set more boundaries in my life, which have allowed me to have more room for joy. This hasn't been an easy thing to do because no one has guided me or encouraged me to do this. I figured it out on my own. As an adoptee, I'm used to giving all of myself for others' wants and needs, all the way back to my childhood and juvenile years. I didn't have a typical adoption story, I had a heartbreaking one. Every single side I look at has been nothing but heartbreak and pain. I know so many of my fellow adoptees have the same story, it's heart-wrenching. I've written before about this badness I've always felt, being attached to me from the beginning, as I was conceived in my birth mother's womb. I was conceived out of an affair with a married man, who was also a close friend of the family. So not only did my birth mother feel shame and guilt, she kept her pregnancy a secret, but she rejected the pregnancy and drank alcohol the entire time. I felt this as a baby, in utero and if you do the research and study this topic, you will learn that babies feel what the mother feels while we are in the womb. We can sense our biological mother's emotions, feelings and surroundings before we're ever born. Scientists say, say, they found something interesting, what mattered to the babies was if the environment was consistent before and after birth. That is, the babies who did best were those who either had mothers who were healthy both before and after birth, and those whose mothers were depressed before birth and stayed depressed afterward. What slowed the baby's development was changing conditions, a mother who went from depressed before birth to healthy after or healthy before birth to depressed after. We must admit, the strength of this finding surprised us, Sandman says. So much to unpack here, but my motive in sharing this is the more we research the entire concept of perinatal bonding, and our pre-birth conditions, the more we understand ourselves. This is one of the many reasons why adoptees receiving our truth is so critically important. I will say it now, and I've said it a million times before, we, adoptees, can't heal from secrecy, lies or half-truths. The conditions of our conception is very important for us to learn, so we can gain a better understanding of why. This is the only way to acceptance and healing. While the topic of our experiences is very important, so is the topic of being born into a world to serve others' wants and needs. I can share from my story, I felt like I was the help when it came to my experience in my adoptive mom's home. I was her caretaker from the very beginning, and lived my entire life catering to her wants, needs and demands. Not just her physical needs, but her emotional and psychological ones as well. She suffered from severe emotional and mental illness, and her issues impacted my life greatly. One reason was because she was never officially diagnosed or treated although she was given several pain medications and mood-stabilizing medications and was addicted to them until she died in 2015. She was consistent in over-medicating herself, which only added issues to her mental illness. My life until I was 30 years old was centered and focused around her. She had it planned out that she wanted to adopt two daughters, so she would have someone to take care of her in her old age, because her greatest fear of life was dying in a nursing home all alone. She adopted for us to take care of her, and that's exactly what happened for 30 years of my life, 
until I broke free and escaped by moving across the country with my children. She created a very toxic and unhealthy codependent relationship that was very hard for me to break away from, but I did it in 2005. I've done a lot of research on codependency, and as complex as it is, it's some real live issues that come with it. When I was a child, I had no way out and I had nothing to compare it to. What was a normal relationship with a mom or a parent, and what did a healthy relationship look like? I have no idea. Needless to say, when I spend 30 years catering to her wants and needs, it's taken me the last 15 years to learn what taking care of myself looks like. When every waking moment of my childhood was to serve her and the entire reasons for my existence was to take care of her, this hasn't been an easy task to learn. As it turns out, I've been a private independent caregiver for a stroke patient for 15 years as my full-time career. It's interesting how I leave a very toxic caretaking and codependent relationship ends, but I once again pick up a career taking care of someone else, because it's all I know. A big difference in the two situations is one is healthy, and a wonderful relationship is my career and it's something I enjoy with my whole heart. The other was something that was forced upon me I had no control over that was very toxic. I know for certain, that caretaking responsibilities run deep in my veins, because of my childhood and my role in taking care of my adoptive mom all the way back to preverbal days. Besides by life growing up in my toxic adoptive home, I've been a mom for 26 years, taking care of my kids. They have been my number one motivation to keep going and taking care of them has been priority. Between being a mom, being a caregiver by career, and my history in the toxic adoptive home, how in the actual hell have I even learned how to take care of myself? It's been one of the hardest things I've ever had to learn to do. I didn't start taking care of myself and actually enjoying myself in the process until I walked away from the church. Walking away from the church and religion is a whole different topic, article and discussion. I don't care to share much here, but I will eventually. However, leaving the church has allowed me the time to serve, but instead of serve four to five days in the church, I've been serving four to five days a week at getting my life back, the one that was stolen from me. I've learned that consistently, things come in our paths that will take our time and energy from us. Time is the most valuable thing any of us have, so the more commitments, the less time we have to use for ourselves. Just what if, we took all the energy we've been pouring out into systems, people, places and things outside of ourselves, and turned it back around and put it into ourselves? What would happen then? I can tell you what will happen, because it's my life, my story. I've spent a lifetime walking away, and escaping situations that don't sweep me well. At the end of the road, all I have left is myself, and my children. I say all the time I didn't sign any adoption paperwork, so I'm not committed to anyone aside from myself. I can no longer give all my time or energy to any family that doesn't honor and respect the fact that I'm an adult and I can speak for myself. I can no longer pour my life into serving in a church or slaving for my adoptive mother only to feel empty and pleated in the end. I have no more energy to put into relationships that have gone sour, for whatever reason. I have no time to explain myself or try to plead my case. I walk. And I keep walking. Those who are meant to stay will stay and those who aren't meant to stay will go along their way. Along the way, is the new path that I have chosen for myself. It's a path that I choose, and it's one I am learning to enjoy. The key has been, learning the truth, and then removing things no longer meant for me. Doesn't matter who or what it is, if it's not healthy for me, it has to go. This has left my life wide open for a choice. I can either sit around and feel sorry for myself, 
and live in misery or I can accept the truth, work toward healing for the rest of my life, and in the process get to know myself, which has allowed me the space to learn to love myself. In this, I've learned what I love, and what I don't. I've learned what I stand for, and what I don't. I've learned who I want in my life, who I should share my very valuable time with and who I shouldn't. I've learned out of all the experiences in life, and of all my attempts to fill the void and huge hole adoption has left, after I found my truth, the very thing I was searching for was inside myself the entire time. And let me share, I've searched everywhere. Partying, drugs, alcohol, men, sweets, committing to serving and being present in the church full-time. Nothing filled me up, nothing helped permanently. I know, it's hard to find oneself when we don't have our truth, and if I'm completely honest, it's impossible to do. This is why the truth is 110% critical for adoptees. But once I broke away from so many commitments, responsibilities, and systems, I found the time to look myself in the mirror and find some time for myself. Little by little over the last few years, I've uncovered that life everyone talks about being beautiful, is something I can find beautiful too. But this isn't easy to conclude. It's hard work. A few years ago, before Adoptees Connect Incorporated came about, I felt like I had no purpose, and I didn't even want to be alive because I was in so much pain from my adoption experience. Finding purpose in Adoptees Connect has been a huge piece of my healing journey. Between finding purpose in the pain and seeking outside fulfillment within myself, things have dramatically changed for me. I still have bad days and extreme days of sadness due to my adoption experience. The difference now is that I sit with it. It's usually grief that I'm feeling, and I allow myself to feel it and process it, whatever that looks like for me. It's not even logical to say that I will be totally healed. That's false and not part of my reality. As soon as I accepted this, that's actually when more healing began. Let me explain a little further. As I continue my steps forward there is no doubt in my mind that I will never completely forget my past. No matter who says that's possible, it's not realistic for me to think like that. Adoption impacts so much, I deal with daily triggers, daily reminders of what was lost, sometimes hourly. One of the best things I did for myself is accepting that the pain from relinquishment and my adoption experience is here to stay. Once I accepted this, I learned to embrace my feelings, and I stopped trying to pray them away or fill them with other things. I sat with them, I cried with them and I learned to process them. No one on this earth can do this for me. No one told me this is what was going to work. I've learned it because I've literally tried everything under the sun to be healed, and nothing worked for me until I made the choice to stop trying to be healed and sit with the pain. For me, my pain has looked more like grief than anything. No one on earth is going to tell adoptees this, but grief for us will likely be a grieving process we experience for the rest of our lives. For me, to just expect it to be gone, in Jesus' name is something that didn't work for me. It actually hindered my healing process, and made things worse. It bypassed the trauma I experienced from relinquishment, that was compacted by a traumatic adoption experience. Fighting like hell for my truth was the first step. Accepting the pain was here to stay, was the beginning of my healing process. Today I can see brighter days ahead, and I can see joy in life like I have never seen before because my pain was just too great. So many adoptees can't see past the pain, and they are stuck. I understand it and get it because it was me for years, 43 to be exact. The whole entire concept of taking my energy, confidence, feelings, and time and reality, and turning it over to an outside source, system or person is something I've found to be extremely dangerous and counterproductive to my healing.
It's no wonder I've always felt empty, alone, isolated, like a walking dead woman. It's impossible to look at yourself as a source of strength, when we're continuously told to look for it in other people, places and things. I challenge everyone, not just adoptees to seek inside themselves, because your strength is there. Your wisdom is there. Your happiness is there. You have the total power and control to shift your energy from seeking sources outside yourself, to that of seeking strength, wisdom and understanding deep in your own heart. For adoptees, if you don't have your truth and all of it, fight like hell to get it. Never give up. You deserve healing, wholeness, and happiness. My story has been heartbreaking all the way around, with double rejection from both my birth parents, and I have no relationship with 95% of my adoptive family for many reasons. I've had to make the choice to put myself, my recovery and my happiness first. They put their happiness first, when I was conceived out of an affair, handed over to strangers to raise. My adoptive parents only cared about being parents, they didn't have the capabilities of caring for me, an adoptee, like I needed to be cared for. No one helped me, I was 100% on my own finding my truth. Once I received the truth, that I fought like hell to get on my own, I realized that I carried me through that. I had the strength to make it. My heart is the one that was left broken. I used substances for 27 years to numb my pain. I'm the one who did the work in recovery. I'm the one person I could count on. I had the fight to want to heal, be heard and not stop. I wanted to be a better mother to my kids than what I had. I live every day in recovery and make daily, sometimes hourly decisions that take wisdom so I stay in recovery. No source or system outside myself did that. I did that. I walked and I'm still walking. For the rest of my days on earth, I will not be confined to anyone or anything. I no longer believe in any belief systems or have any loyalty to any one person or families that have hurt me. I'm finally free, living for me. I continue to set boundaries for myself, and I have many more I will be setting in the coming weeks, months, years. All the labels in the world can walk off into the sunset, because I no longer want to be a part of them either. They don't define me, they don't make me a better person, or different than anyone else. Just like adoption. It's a piece of who I am, but it's not all of who I am. As I continue to walk, I'm making the choice to continue to put my happiness first, as this new stage of my life approaches I have a lot of making up to do. Chances are you do too. Adoption has stolen a lot. I refuse to allow it to steal any more of my beautiful life. I have a wonderful career, amazing kids, and things in life I want to do. I have hobbies, and I want to be a happy, healthy mom and individual. When the end of my life is near, I hope people remember my life, but I also hope they see I didn't stay stuck until the end of my days. Adoption will snatch up all our time, memories and freedom as we slave away at trying to bring the truth to light, and help others. I will always have certain commitments to the adoption community, but other commitments are falling to the side, because I've missed enough of living life, I don't want to miss any more. Every minute lost is a minute I can't get back. I ask myself daily, as I look in the mirror, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want to do today, if it was your last time on earth? What makes my heart happy and what makes me tick? Same to you. What creates your happiness, deep within your soul? Don't let adoption suck your entire life away, whether it be getting unstuck or serving your life away in the adoption community. Finding a happy balance is key. Today, I keep walking, learning to live for myself, love myself, and honor myself. I'm focused on seeking solace and serenity inside myself, 
because others just let me down. I've never been happier. No one is going to tell you to seek this route, you will be solo but for many adoptees, that's nothing new. I've always been alone, but I haven't always been okay with being alone. Today, I'm alone, but I'm finally okay with being alone. It's actually the safest space for me, because it's all I know. I'm my own safe space. I have my kids, my career, nature, sunrises, sunsets, trees, flowers, fresh air, books, writing, my animals, health, inner peace, hiking, waterfalls, road trips, exercise, bonfires, hot tea, coffee, acceptance, sobriety, a small circle of friends, my story, and my continued recovery. I have all I need. I've let go of the rest. I'm a free bird. For my fellow adoptees, what have you found that makes you tick? Where is your safe space? What joy have you been able to find in your life, despite your adoptee journey?